And uh, as I have mentioned previously, this series, it's, it is a series that is, of course, based on, on Scripture and biblical principles, uh, but also uh, polling heavily from a, a book that is by the same name, The Blessed Life, by Pastor Robert Morris, and uh, just an excellent, excellent resource and, and a book that I encourage you to pick up if, um, if you would want to dive a little bit deeper on this topic. But I, I had my eyes opened by different things as I as I read through that book, things that I hadn't necessarily seen in Scripture before, and as I've studied Scripture, and um, Amen, I've been enlightened, and I'm thankful for. The Spirit as it leads us, amen, in, in truth. And today we are in this series, in our fourth week of this series, going to be talking on this subject of breaking the spirit of mammon. Mammon, that's M-A-M-M-O-N. Not a, not a very common word that we use today. But it's a word that's in the Bible only four times. We see this, this word four times in Scripture. Jesus use the word all four of those times, really uh, probably only spoken three times because I say that because uh, one of those times where we see Jesus using it was a retelling in, in one gospel and another. And so we see Jesus is the one speaking of this spirit of mammon. So we're going to turn to Luke chapter 16, Luke 16 this morning. And this is where we're going to read every instance where we see Jesus using this word, at least every time that we have written down that Jesus would have used this word. Luke 16, beginning in verse number 9. Jesus, speaking here, says, I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. Yeah, that's the first time that we see this word, the mammon. He says that when you fail, they, I just want you to remember the, the word they, it's not it, they is, is what he says there, they, so it's talking about the friends, he says the friends, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Continues verse 11, says, If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, second time that we've seen the word, if you haven't been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Verse 13, no servant, it says no servant, not, not one, well, no, no person, it's, it's very important, we understand, he says no servant, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, that's the third time. That we see this. Again, there's a repeat of that one other time in Matthew chapter 6. So we see Jesus speaking here on mammon. And he says you cannot serve both God and mammon. Okay, so 
This is the only phrase like this in the Bible where Jesus contrasts serving God with something else as clearly as he does here in this point where he says, you cannot serve. No one can do this. You cannot serve both God and mammon. So since he said that, we need to know what mammon is. What is he talking about? We have three points uh, today that we're going to address. Really, all three of these are, are questions in the form of a question. The first point is, what is mammon? Let's, let's find out, what is Jesus talking about? If he says it's impossible to serve both God and mammon, you have to choose one or the other, well, we better know what, what are we choosing between. So what is mammon? I, I think if you, uh, if you have some, some form of context, you've come across this word before, most people would say that mammon is talking about money. But the answer, I believe, is, is really it's much deeper than just money. It's not just a, uh, it's not just the riches. We, we see this word. It's an Aramaic word. Uh, but it, it, and it, that word means riches or material wealth. But it goes much deeper than that because mammon is, uh, it, it comes from really a, a Syrian god of riches. A Syrian God of riches. I don't, I don't believe that Jesus was simply referring to riches or referring to money. He was referring to a false God that they knew of, that the Syrians, they had this God called Mammon. It was the God of riches. And just, just so that we know kind of where that, this whole idea comes from or where this God comes from, it came from Babylon. A lot of people don't, maybe you don't know where Babylon came from, but Babylon, it came from, if you look at the, the first part of that word, Babylon, uh, maybe spelled a little bit different, but it's, it comes from Babel, the Tower of Babel. What happened at the Tower of Babel? There was confusion. That's where God brought confusion to the people. He confused the languages of the people, and really that's what that word means, is confusion. That Babylon came from the Tower of Babel, and so we have Babylon, which uh, if you... If you just kind of say it a little slowly, you kind of get the meaning of what it is, babble on. You just babble on. Yeah, and you've, well, have you ever known someone who they just babble on, they won't stop talking, and you're like, I don't, I have no idea what you're saying, but you're, you're just confusing me more and more and more. The more that you talk, the more I get confused. Now, don't nudge anybody right now. But Babel, it actually means confusion, and Babylon means someone who would sow confusion, someone who sows confusion, and that's exactly what happened with Babylon. This was kind of the seat of of Satan's, uh, his, his worldly empire, the fact that we see so much confusion and evil and, and uh, these false gods that came out of this place of Babylon, and that's really what God was trying to disperse is these people, they... Uh, they were bringing their own knowledge, saying we can we can come up to God or to to God in heaven. We can reach up to heaven with our own might, and we have our own gods. We have our own way of doing this. And so, uh, there, God confused their languages. They go, but they continued to sow confusion. That's exactly what happened in Babylon, and that's what the spirit of Mammon is. 
is, is this bringing in of confusion and, 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 and see, it's, it's under, or uh, twisting really what, uh, riches and money are, are, should be used for because God, He, He said, let's take money, let's take these, this, these riches and we're going to redeem it for the purpose of God, for the God's kingdom. But you have the spirit of Babel, or the God of Babel, or I'm sorry, the God of Mammon that was in, uh, that was in Babylon. And it was twisting the meaning and twisting the use of what riches would be used for. This is a spirit. Mammon is a spirit that contrasts itself with the spirit of God. It's an arrogant, prideful spirit that tries to replace God. When you think about this, Jesus, he said, you can't serve both God and mammon. In other words, mammon, it's, it's looking for servants. Mammon, it wants to rule your life. It wants, mammon, it wants you to look to mammon instead of to God. Now, I want you to just think about that. There's... There's a message today that uh, perhaps you've, you've heard this taught or you've, um, you've heard people teach on this is this prosperity message. And it's basically give and you'll give, you know, give and you'll get on just you give and God will uh, be giving back to you. And God, he wants to bless every everyone. Uh, they, they would say, you know, you can see the blessings of God just by how much you have and how much you are getting back in return. If you're driving a Mercedes and you have a Rolex on and you have all these Nice things, you're, you're, on, you, and then you know that God is, is blessing you. But the problem with that message is that it actually works selfishness and greed into your life rather than what God means to do when we give to Him. And He's trying to work, uh, work something, uh, work the pride and work these, the selfishness out of our life by giving. And so, you become loyal to the wrong thing. And you can become loyal uh, you know, all, all of a sudden when, uh, when the finances stop coming in, you get mad at God because you're saying, well, God, you're supposed to bless me. Why aren't you blessing me? Why aren't you, why aren't you giving to me? And God says, you know what? This is something that on the inside, there are blessings beyond the money. There's blessings beyond the riches. I believe that God can redeem and he can bless and he will give uh, give you uh, riches and he can't, there's nothing wrong with money. We're going to get into that part of it. There's nothing wrong with, with having money, but that's not the real blessing and the real blessed life that God is, is, ha- that ha- he has for us when we learn to give. He's working something on the inside. He's working out the, the pride and the selfishness and all these things that we have and this insecurity that we have that we think I can lean on money instead of God. See, mammon, it wants to take God's place. Mammon, it, it actually promises us everything that only God can give us. Just, just think about it. And mammon, it promises us identity. It promises us security. It promises us significance, happiness, joy. All these things that, that money or mammon, the spirit of mammon can can promise us, but really all of those things can only come from God. Identity, 
We get that in God. Our security comes from God. Our significance comes from God. Happiness, joy, peace, all these things, they come from God. But, but the spirit of mammon promises us, oh, I can give all that to you. See, only God can give peace, love, joy. Only God. Mammon can't do it. Mammon, it, can, it can't deliver on the promise that it wants to give you. Mammon, it always, it wants to rule your life. It, you can't serve both God and mammon. I'll tell you something that might shock you about mammon is that I, I believe mammon is, is really, it's the spirit of antichrist or works into the spirit of antichrist. There's a verse, I'm sure you all know, at least the, the passage, and uh, that it says that you, that, that with the Antichrist, that the mark of the beast, the mark of the Antichrist, through that threat, you will not be able to buy or sell. Because that, that's mammon. This is working fear, insecurity, all these things. This is the tool of the Antichrist is using the spirit of mammon. And he says, if you don't bow, to, bow down to me, if you don't take the mark of the beast, then you're not going to be able to provide for your family. Reality is, God will make a way. God will make it possible to provide for your family. It's not going to be uh, the, the promise that, that the spirit of mammon has there, that you can't do this without me, is a false promise. God will provide. God will always provide. False, uh, this false God, this, this spirit of mammon, cannot take God's place in our life. We cannot lean on that for our security. See, it's a, it's a contrast. There's a, there's a contrast between God and the spirit of mammon. All through our lives, mammon, it's, it's trying to get you to bow down to it. It says, serve mammon, worship mammon. But Jesus, he's saying, no, I can provide you everything that you need. God is the only one that can provide identity. God's the only one that can provide security. God's the only one that can give you happiness, joy. Well, only God can do that. But Mammon says, oh, I can, I can do that. I can give you happiness. I can give you joy. See, money doesn't help people. Only God helps people. We're talking true help. True help. Only God helps people. When we truly need help, we turn to God. See, listen, Jesus, he never told anyone that they needed more money. Never did a leper or a lame man come up to Jesus or a blind man come and say, have mercy on me, O thou son of David. And Jesus turned around and said, oh, you just need some more money? That's not what Jesus did. Not once do we see Jesus turning to those who were in need and just saying, here, let me give you some money. See, just to uh, just further show how this contrast, just to, just to show this uh, influence of the spirit of mammon, we've all had this thinking at one point or another that, you know, in your time of need, when you say, you know, I either need God to step in and pro to provide for me right now, or I need somebody to give me some money. Right? had that thought at one point or another. I, I either need God to come in and help me right now, or I need some money that's going to make this make you know make all my problems go away. And it's one or the other. And we we look at this this contrast, and, and money will say, "I can solve all of your problems," but really, God is the one that can solve your problems. 
God is the one that can come in. It's, you know, it says, God says, I can come in and without your money, without any money, I can come in and solve every problem that you have. Hear me when I say this, that if the only problems that you have are, are problems that can be fixed with money, then you really don't have any problems. Because money is never the answer to your problems. God is always the answer. Amen? So that's, that's what mammon is. We're talking about a spirit, a spirit that comes behind that, a spirit that's trying to take the place of God. When we talk about the spirit of mammon, this is a spirit that comes and, and it says, let me take the place of what God can do. We're not just talking about riches, not just talking about money. That's not what Jesus is referring to when he says that, that there is a, an unrighteous mammon. It's not that all money is unrighteous. It's the spirit that comes behind it that says, I can replace what God can do for you. So the next question is, well, is money evil? Because Jesus, he did say unrighteous mammon. Well, he was talking about the spirit. He was talking about the spirit of mammon. So mammon, mammon, again, this is, it's a spirit that rests on money. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way, but all money has a spirit on it. Or it has something attached to it that, that when we give or when we have it, it's either the spirit of God that's attached to it or the spirit of mammon that's on it. All the money in your account right now. Either it has God's spirit on it, or it has the spirit of mammon on it. And the way that you get God's spirit on it, according to Scripture, is we give 10% to the house of God. God redeems the rest of it for His purpose, so that His spirit can be on that. So money itself is not evil. Money, money is neutral. There is, there is nothing Good or evil about money. Money is neutral. It's the spirit that rests on it. So you can do good with money. You can do bad with money. People say, yeah, but the Bible, it says that money is the root of all evil. That's right. It's, it's not true. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. Here's, here's actually what it says in First Timothy chapter 6. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. That the love of money. In other words, those who have the spirit of mammon attached to money, the love of money, that's the root of all evil. While some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So here's, I I think, what Jesus is saying there. He's saying loving and serving mammon is the root of all evil. He says you can't serve both God and mammon. Loving and serving mammon is the root of all of this evil, all these things, because then if you are depending on all these other things to provide for you and give you security and and everything that it promises instead of God, then there's only evil can then come from that because God is no longer present. God is no longer providing for you. Now look again at the verse in Luke 16, Luke 16 verse 9. This is our, our beginning text. And you know, look at what Jesus had to say here, because it's sort of a strange way that it reads. Um, I'm look, Luke 16, 9. says, I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Remember, I pointed you to that, that word, they. It's not speaking of the mammon of unrighteousness. Or rather, it's speaking of the friends. Make, make to yourselves friends. So that verse 
having that the verse in mind that mammon simply means means money, you could come away from this scripture saying, well, Jesus is saying, go make friends with money. And then when you're in trouble, they will do something for you. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, take this unrighteous mammon, redeem it by giving the first to the house of God, and then use this money, this money that Satan uses for evil, this unrighteous mammon, use that for the good to build the kingdom of God. And people can get saved. That's what we're talking about with real friends. Make friends or, or go and you can have brothers and sisters in Christ because you have redeemed that which was unrighteous. You have redeemed that which was uh, that which had the spirit of mammon on it, you've redeemed it. And now, because of that, there are people that are sitting next to you in a, in a service. Or there is somebody maybe you have never met, but you've given to missions. And you have made it possible for somebody to come and to, to hear this gospel preached. And you have made friends that you don't even know because you have redeemed that unrighteous mammon. This is what Jesus is saying. Make friends. By redeeming the unrighteous mammon. By giving that back to God. I, I just, I don't know, I just pictured this in my, my own mind of, of making it up to heaven someday and, and meeting some people. Meeting somebody in heaven that they would say, you know what? You gave 30 years ago to that missionary that's in, in Vietnam. Because of that... Because you made it possible for him to, to go there. I am here in heaven because you redeemed something and you gave it to God. And I am here today because of your giving. When there's, there's somebody that you can impact because you have redeemed that which, which Satan would want to use or the, the spirit of mammon would say, I can take the place of, of God and all these things. But God says, come on, let's make friends. Let's, let's build the kingdom of God by taking that which was evil or taking that which was, could be meant for selfishness and, and, and all these things that would just heap to ourselves. And instead, let's give it to God and let's see what God can do with it. Let's make friends. See, God is the only one who can take unrighteous mammon and turn it into souls. Those are, those are true riches. Those are the true riches that we're talking about is the souls that can come because of our giving. So money is not evil. Money is not evil. Here's the third thing, third question that we have is what should I then do with my money? What should I do with my money? Well, let me just give you an answer that is, uh, that is that we should be good stewards with what we have. Just be a good steward with what God has given us. Now here's, here's maybe what some of you are thinking is that, um, Pastor, I have too little of this unrighteous mammon to be concerned with this message. You know, if I had more of this, then I would probably be taking some notes. I'd be listening really intently right now. But, you know, this, this just really isn't helping me right now because I don't have much of this unrighteous mammon that you're talking about. I know that my money isn't giving me any security. In verse 10 of what Jesus was, was saying there in Luke 16, he says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is Unjust in the least is unjust also in much. See, 
is you have a little and you don't give, then you'll never have much. If you have little and you don't, and you don't manage that in a way that God says, this is what a good steward, this is how a good steward will manage what I've given them. Let me give them more. Let me bless them more. Well, what God does is, is we start out with a little and he sees if he can trust us. And if, if he can trust us, then he gives us more, he gives us more. And, and as I said, this isn't about getting. But God, there is a principle of the fact that when we do give and we manage well and we are good stewards of what God has given us with little, that he will trust us with more. That's not why I give. I don't give in order to let, you know, have God keep giving me more. I give because, because God is, is redeeming that which, which I have in my possession. And I don't want this money to be what I depend on. I give because this is, this belongs to God. But when we manage it well, God, his, his, his word says that a faithful steward, he who is faithful in little, I will give much. See, if you're not faithful with a little, though, he says you're not going to have very much. If you can't be faithful with the little bit that I've given you, if, if you are not able to manage your money, if you're not able to, uh, you know, to, if, if, you're, if you're just spending it on, on everything and you think that this is, um, you know, you never, have, you never have anything left or you never have, are able to give back to God what belongs to him, then you're not managing this in the way that God means for us to manage the resources that he's given us. Verse 12, it says, and if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Now, this kind of goes right to what we have, have talked about in some past lessons about what doesn't belong to us. There's a lot of applications really possible we could take from the scripture. This application of the tithe, meaning that the tithe doesn't belong to us. It's another man's. It's just, this is God's. If you haven't been faithful in that which is another man's, then who shall give you that which is your own? That 10%, which belongs to God. If, you haven't, if you're not faithful in that, then why would God continue to bless the 90% that's yours, that belongs to you? His scripture said, remember the tithe, it's mine. It belongs to me. I've set it apart. Don't touch it. If you take it, this is from past lessons. If you take it, it's stolen. It's consecrated. It's holy. This is to be set apart for the Lord. So, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that, uh, that which is yours, the 90% which belongs to you? And then let's, let's look at verse 11. Verse 11. This is the last scripture that we're going to look at today. It says, If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit your trust the true riches? What are true riches. What are, what are the true riches that he's, he's talking about? I, I alluded to this earlier, but the true riches are not what's in your bank account. The true riches is not that which you can put in the stock market. And I, uh, it, it's not that which, which you have in, in your billfold. That's not the true riches. True riches is not your house and your car and your or all of the possessions that you can buy. That's not the true riches that we're talking about. True riches is something that will last. There's only one thing that is going to last past this earth. I, I heard somebody one time that 
they, uh, I, was, I was riding with them in the car, and we were just passing by some really nice houses and nice cars and different things, and they just kept saying, it's going to burn. It's going to burn. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, just to have that concept of everything that you look at that's nice. I, mean, I, I kind of look at it like, wow, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> They're just saying, it's, it's going to burn. And that's true. One day, all of that is going to burn. One day, all of these, everything on this earth will one day pass away, except for one thing. There will be souls. There are souls that last beyond this earth. And there are souls that are true riches. There are souls that, that they matter. And, and what we can redeem, what we can give, and this is, this is what I'm talking about with the blessed life, is the fact that it can impact something far beyond what just happens here on this earth for the short time that we're on it. The blessed life is that which continues to give and give and give beyond my life, beyond this world, that there are true riches that can be stored up in heaven. There are true riches that can be stored up in heaven when we give and we uh, we, we uh, operate the way that God teaches us to operate with what he has given us. It says, again, in that verse, if you have therefore not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Who will commit to your trust the true riches? This is something that uh, I, I think would be very important is that when we uh, when we have the responsibility to go and to uh, and to pour into the life of somebody, God says, if you can't manage something that's going to just pass away here on this earth, something that is you know just this this little unrighteous mammon, this money, then how can I trust you with dealing with the, the very souls that I've called you to reach? How can I trust you in, in dealing and in, in, in committing to uh, to 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 uh, faithfully stewarding them and, and teaching them and showing them. Well, there's this is just something small. He says, in other words, un, the unrighteous mammon. Let's let's be unfa- or let's be faithful in dealing with the unrighteous mammon and, and and redeeming that, and not not going after the, the the spirit of mammon, so that then we can pour into the souls of somebody. And God says, I've sent you forth to disciple those. Come on, we have been sent forth to be disciple makers. It says, go and make disciples. Go and reproduce of yourself, reproduce of, of what God has, has called you to be. Let's, come on, let's have somebody else that we can store up some true riches. And I, I can trust you to do that. When I, it says there's some small principles here and, and that, that I want to see you working in them. But when I see you working in them, then I can trust you in dealing with the true riches. These people. On the souls that are going to last. On when you get to, or when you uh, give to God's kingdom, you are advancing the cause to populate heaven and to plunder hell. When we give to God's kingdom, say that again, when you give to God's kingdom, you are advancing the cause to populate heaven and plunder hell. That is why it's so important for me to give and why I see it as a spiritual act because when I give, I am seeing people saved. God is taking what was unrighteous mammon and I have redeemed it by giving it first to him. And then then as I give offerings, he is turning that into true riches. The true riches are people. 
He can take what is the, the, the unrighteous man, this, these offerings, these, uh, these, these things, and he can turn that into the souls of somebody else who they will be saved because we are faithful in that which God has given us. Amen. We have, we have coming in, in a few weeks uh, a, a missionary that's, that's going to be coming here and, and sharing with us what they are doing in Uganda uh, Uganda and Africa, and, and I'm thankful. I am so thankful for our missionaries, and I'm thankful that we already support uh, many missionaries. I believe it's, uh, I believe we have eight, I'm sorry, seven, seven missionaries that we currently support. You can see, uh, you can see the work and the places that they are, are currently, uh, uh, where they're stationed at, and the countries where they are. It's out in our, our foyer area, and I'm so thankful for every one of them, and, and you know, we support, we support as a church these missionaries, we say go, and, and they're not able to, uh, to have a job. They, they may not have the income with the, the people that they are reaching uh, right now in the small churches, and many of them just meeting in houses and going to different villages, going to different places. And, and I, want to, I want to be able to give to the kingdom of God. Redeem unrighteous mammon and say, come on, God, I, I want you to use this little thing that I have to be able to go somewhere across the world. On, you, can, you can give you can give and have an impact that is so sizable compared to what you may be able to do with just, your, you know, what you may think you could do with just your little bit of giving. That God can bless it and God can use it to go uh, so much further than anything that we can imagine. Amen. We have, we have the story I, I, I loved hearing when brother, uh, brother and sister Barsati were here from Vietnam. They were here just about two years ago and, and hearing the stories of, of what they were able to do and, and I'm thankful to be able to support them and, and Sister Frances Day who was here and, and she was, uh, she's a missionary to, to Bangladesh and, and seeing uh, what was it, 7,000 I believe, they had, or they had 5,000 in one day or one weekend and another weekend uh, about 7,000 received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm thankful to see well, that kind of revival be happening. And, and that's, that's what I want to support. And that's what I want to give my money to. I want to, I want to give and, and redeem my unrighteous mammon and redeem any of this and give that to God so that He can multiply it and may have something that is a lasting, lasting impact. Amen. We're going to come to a close this morning. If we could have our, our music come. The reality is we can look to, to money to fix our problems or we can look to God. And when we think through this, sometimes we they, they sometimes play a, a, a role with each other because God, He can't fix our problems by giving money, by supplying in our bank account a need or just giving to us. But the spirit that's behind it is looking to, all right, do I just need money or do I need God? Do I need to go and, and pick up a, uh, a, you know, a, a job that is going to take me away from church and take me away from being able to, uh, to instruct my family in the way of the Lord? Is, is money that important? Is, is money, is the, the, the spirit of mammon, is it behind uh, what I'm doing right now that's going to take me away from, from what is truly most important? We can't let money get in the way of the things of God. We can't let our drive 
for, for provision or we can't let our drive for, uh, for security be more important than our drive and our hunger for God. Our drive and our hunger for God must be number one. That must be beyond anything that we could say money could provide this for me. No, God is most important. Let's put God first. This is what this lesson is all about is let's put God first. It's not about, it's not about the money. It's not about uh, what all money can do for me. It's about what God can do for me. I trust God. I trust God. I don't put my trust in the spirit of man, but I put my trust in God. Amen. You want to just close your eyes, lift up your hands about this place. I want to just pray that the Lord can begin, amen, some, some work in us. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that today as, as we come to you, that you would begin to work out. God, that you would work out any unrighteousness in me. God, anything that I have in me that would uh, be a servant of a master that is not you. Lord, your scripture says that we cannot serve two masters. Your scripture says that that we must choose, God, if we're going to serve mammon or serve this world, the spirit of this world, or if we're going to serve you. God, I choose you this day. Just like Joshua said, I choose you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But he, Joshua, he, he put that that out there for the Israelites. He said, choose this day. I put a line in the sand. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve the world? And all that the world has to offer you, God, I choose you this day. I put you first. God, I'm not going to chase the riches of this world. I'm not going to chase all these things that would take me away from you. But God, let me draw close to you. God, I will see that you'll provide everything that, God, everything that, you know, an opportunity that was missed. God, some other thing, God, that was missed because I chose you. God, you will always bless choosing you. Lord, I choose you this day. 